And hello and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host Nathan Jones, and it's great to have you here being part of today's program. As we're going to continue talking about these incredible prophecies of Enoch, Alpha and Omega, from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. So stay tuned for today's program, as we have an important program lined up for you. We want to encourage you to get your Bibles ready and dive in with us, as we're going to be looking at number of passages in the Word of God, in Genesis, and in Jude, and some other programs. So stay tuned. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your Word. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to know you better through your Word, the Bible. And Lord, uh, just bless all those tuned in, Lord, uh, that we might grow in our relationship with you. We thank you so much. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to our Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the prophecies of Enoch from Alpha to Omega, second part of our program. Today's program is sponsored by CCA.University, the Calvary Aventura University. We'd love for you to get more information at 305-992-9537. And of course, as we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. As always, brother, great to be on. Exciting week, Nathan. We skipped right through Hurricane Dorian unscratched here in Florida. <laughs> There's a lot of praying going on. You guys are very fortunate. Yes, yes. We, we do thank the Lord and want to thank everyone that was praying for Florida. But Nathan, we know, of course, the Bahamas uh, were not as lucky as we were. And Nathan, before we continue, might you be able to just take a minute to pray for the victims, the situation in the Bahama, as well as September 11th, that is today. All right. Well, definitely. Let's do that. Well, Lord, uh, again, we thank you for answered prayer. We were praying so hard that that storm that was bearing down on Florida would not uh, mount to anything. And Lord, you just dissipated it. And so we just praise you. But the, the folks in Bahamas aren't so fortunate. And Lord, we just pray that all this disaster will be used for good, that you'll open new doors of people to come and share the gospel with them as the relief agencies are, are there pouring in and rebuilding. And Lord, you'll get all the glory and honor. And Lord, today is 9-11, uh, and remember now 18 years since 9-11 happened. Lord, it's hard to believe. And mm. we just pray for those who are mourning today at the losses that they um, experienced, and that this will continue to be a wake-up call for this nation to repent and turn to you. And we just pray, Lord, for uh, your presence among us in your precious name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Yes, we do thank all the first responders, all the people that do such an incredible job in our country to keep us safe and also for all the aid that is uh, going into the Bahamas right now. So we thank you, our listeners, those that are tuning in to get involved uh, as we are so blessed uh, here in the U.S. Uh, so, Nathan, again, talking about blessing, we, we see so many blessings from the Word of God. We see so much encouragement in in times of discouragement and you and I have been encouraging uh, those who have been part of our program through an incredible teaching of the prophecies of Enoch. But before we jump into Genesis chapter 5, verse 23, would you be able to share briefly, Nathan, about the ministry that you're involved in and some of the events? I know you just did an incredible conference a few days ago. Yes, uh, I was uh, down as an evangelist uh, speaking at the Louisiana Bible Conference hosted by Maranatha Evangelistic Ministries led by Al Gist. Uh, great blessing, good people. Uh, uh, I was also, uh, I serve here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that 
quite a number of different ways. Primarily, most people know us through our TV show, which is called Christ in Prophecy, airing all the major online and uh, uh, broadcast stations. And uh, we are also uh, have many different resources to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Just check us out at ChristinProphecy.org. Ooh, amazing. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And of course, we didn't want our listeners and our viewers to uh, leave without having this incredible information. And you can check that out and uh, be blessed. So, Nathan, some of the things that, that we have been doing here throughout the years, you and I, of course, is our love for uh, the Bible prophecy, the soon return of the Lord and how encouraging that is. And, and we talked about major prophets and minor prophets. But in our last segment, we started to talk about a minuscule minor prophet. You remember who that was? <laughs> Yeah, one most people don't realize was a prophet, and that's Enoch. Excellent. And, and Nathan, and the reason why we say minuscule, because we have minor prophets, then, then minor, minor prophets. And as you and I mentioned earlier, it's not that they're not important. It's just a very little is written about it, almost like that book that you wrote about the minor prophets. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the major prophets being Ezekiel and Isaiah and Daniel and Jeremiah the minor prophets like Haggai and Obadiah, but then you have these other prophets who barely have any writings to them, lost through time. Now, when we say Enoch, and we're talking about uh, a man who lived before the flood, before Noah's time, uh, there is a reference to the book of Enoch uh, in the book of Jude, which we'll get to. And people have been wondering, uh, is do we have a book of Enoch today? The, there is one today, but you know, it was written <laughs> very, very... Uh, long after Enoch. If we're talking about the flood was 2300 plus years BC, the book of Enoch wasn't written into the AD. So the, the book that people say is attributed to Enoch that we have is not the original. It's a forgery and that made it real easy for the church fathers to leave it out of the biblical canon because it is not an authentic writing of Enoch. Excellent point. And Nathan, that's why we wanted to clarify that. And that's why we want to encourage uh, listeners, those that are tuned in, to tune into the actual book of Enoch, which is found in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. And Nathan, I am amazed at the power that is in this, in, in this prophet who very little is known about him, yet his prophecies extend from Genesis to Revelation, the Alpha, uh, the Omega, uh, again, the beginning and the end. And he covers so much as he is also referenced uh, in, uh, uh, by Jude. So Nathan, can you take us into Genesis 5, verses 23 and, 10 and 24, and read those for us, and then we'll jump to Jude, uh, verses 14 and 15, just in case someone is not familiar or wasn't part of our last program. Well, certainly. Let's go back. Uh, one of the ancestors of Noah was Enoch, so he existed before the flood. Totally different world than what we understand today. And the Bible makes mention of him in the lineage of Noah. Verse 23 reads, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Woo! So Nathan, and then here we have, again, this Old Testament reference in the first book of the Bible. But then now as we jump in history through time, if you would, to a prophetic time machine, and we land in Jude, the small book of Jude, again, another very small book that not many people even know about, but very powerful in prophecy, Jude actually begins to talk to us about this individual uh, called Enoch in verses 14 and 15. Can you read those for us? Certainly. Well, we're again moving into the ADs, the first century. Jude is actually the half-brother of Jesus. He was uh, one of the sons of Mary and Joseph. 
And uh, so he is related to Jesus. He didn't come to faith until Jesus resurrected uh, his own half-brother. and he, he had rejected him, uh, but he eventually grew to be the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And he wrote this very short book, but he refers back to Enoch. And verse 14 reads, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh thing which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Ooh, I mean, so Nathan, here we are. We're actually putting actually together the biblical book of Enoch, these references. But Nathan, as, as we look at verse 14, I want us to camp there on verse 14 uh, of Jude. Uh, it's only one chapter because really here is where we have this amazing prophecy that Enoch prophesied about where he says, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. So here we have what is known as the second coming. Can you talk to us about the difference between the second coming and the rapture? Well, the second coming is obviously the coming return of Jesus Christ. As he prophesied three times in Revelation 21, Jesus says, I'm coming soon, I'm coming soon, I'm coming soon. And when he says that means when he does finally come, it'll be quickly. We know throughout uh, the study of Bible prophecy that there are 500 verses in the Old Testament, excuse me, 500 prophecies in the Old Testament, and one out of 25 verses in the New Testament talk about Jesus' return. They prophesy about his return. It is the most prolific prophecy in the whole Bible. And when God makes a promise, he does it. Matter of fact, at his first coming, Jesus fulfilled 300 general and 109 distinct prophecies about his first coming in detail, astronomically, statistically impossible. And yet Jesus fulfilled them all. So we can be sure 100% that Jesus Christ is returning soon. Now his return at the second coming actually comes in two stages. It begins with the rapture of the church where Jesus will not come down to the earth, but and partway in the clouds, as we read in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15, and he will call those who believe in him as Savior up off this earth. He will resurrect the dead in Christ, and he will take both groups up to heaven to be with him. Afterwards, uh, shortly, the tribulation will begin, a seven-year time period where the wrath of God will befall the earth. And at the end of it, here we got Enoch's prophecy here, that the Lord will return and his saints. That's Brother, that's you or me if you're saved. That includes you too. You will come down out of heaven with Jesus and follow him down as he comes to execute judgment on all the ungodly who are left in the world, led by Satan and the Antichrist. Oh, Nathan, thank you for clarifying that. That is fantastic. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into our Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about this mighty prophet called. Enoch, uh, from Genesis to Revelation, we can find the tie-in of his prophecy. So Nathan, thank you for clarifying that because sometimes people get confused when they think of the rapture, they think that's it, the Lord is coming back and, and it's over. But yet you clarified it for us. Jesus came the first time riding on a donkey, right? Then the Bible talks about that he's coming for his church at the rapture, but then the second coming, he comes with the church, with the saints, yes? Absolutely. And this prophecy in Enoch here, Enoch understood this even before he knew really much about the Messiah. There's very little prophecies concerning Jesus that have been recorded in the Bible that he knew about. Now, Jude then verifies uh, what was likely passed down through the church ages about what Enoch preached. And thank goodness that Jude made mention of it so that we have it recorded here. 
But Jude himself knew that Jesus Christ was coming with his saints. He wasn't coming for his saints. When he returned to execute judgment, it would be with his saints. So that would include the resurrected church. At the end of the tribulation, we know that the those tribulation saints, in other words, those people who got saved after the rapture and lived in the tribulation and died as martyrs, will be resurrected as well. And the Old Testament saints, including Enoch himself, maybe. Now here's a good good question for you. And I've gotten that a lot today, so it's interesting that we're talking about it. Is do you think that Enoch plays a role in the tribulation? Oh, Nathan, that is actually, you know, sometimes you throw me some good ones that I I, re, I didn't think much about. But uh, I think so, because, I mean, right now he's talking about the second coming of the Lord. And that's going to take place in the time of the tribulation, which is a seven year period that starts with the signing of a peace treaty, according to Daniel 9. So I would think that he does have something to do with it, Nathan. He does. Uh, you could actually look at the story of the two witnesses. Uh, God is going to place two Jewish witnesses. Who, well, two witnesses. I'm not sure exactly if they're Jewish or not. Let me uh, rephrase that. But they will witness for the first three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation from Jerusalem. God will give them all the power of the prophets by raining down fire and uh, causing uh, uh, plagues and actually drying up the air so that they have droughts. Uh, they have all the power and they testify for God for three and a half years. Finally, God pulls back his protection and the Antichrist kills them. Their bodies lie in the streets for three and a half days, and then Jesus resurrects them and brings them up to heaven. And it is believed that one of these guys would be Elijah, because Jesus prophesied that Elijah would come. But who's the other guy? There are some say it'll be uh, Moses, although Moses did die. But Enoch was raptured up to heaven. He did not die. So very well, that second person of the two witnesses could be Enoch. Excellent point, Nathan. And, and, I, and I love that you brought that about because the Bible does talk about, you know, again, there are certain individuals that were taken up to heaven alive uh, and they never died. Right. We know, uh, of course, Elijah, definitely Enoch. Uh, there were some who visited heaven and then were sent back and they died like John. Uh, Paul talked about somebody that he knew. Uh, Ezekiel went up to heaven and came back and then died naturally. But uh, these two witnesses could very well be Elijah and Moses or Elijah and Enoch. Could be yes. two people, just two people that get saved after the tribulation. I tend to, to think that's the case. But uh, either way, it looks like Enoch will be playing a role in the tribulation. If not one of the two witnesses, he will be resurrected at the uh, second coming and he will be there with us to see jesus's victory Ooh, that and nathan and right there that is the good news and that's why i want to encourage those of you that are tuning into the program listen this is fantastic why because we believe again we see so much happening around the world lining up with what the bible has to say and we believe right nathan that the next scheduled event is the rapture of the church and and i mean that can occur at any moment and this is why we're excited because really once the rapture takes place we believe prophetically the clock is going to start ticking even faster towards the time of the tribulation absolutely we are getting very close to the end times we know this because the bible is giving us many many prophecies that prophesy what the signs of the times would look like in other words what things would happen the closer we get to Jesus' return. And Jesus actually compared it, uh, these signs, to birth pains. In other words, uh, when my wife, we have three children, and I know you have three children, and we watched our wives start the contractions and the pains very uh, far apart and, and not very strong. 
But as these contractions got closer and closer to the baby being born, they increased not only in frequency, but also intensity until the baby was born. And likewise, Jesus said in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 that these birth pains would increase in frequency and intensity the closer we got to Jesus Christ. One of them is the signs of nature, and you just experienced it with Hurricane Dorian, that as we get closer, that the nature would start getting more and more wild. Uh, we yes. see more frequently stronger earthquakes and stronger storms and stronger signs in the sky, and they'll come faster and faster and faster. And then till we get to the tribulation, where basically all of nature goes nuts during the tribulation. And so we're starting to see that. People are attributing this to climate change and global warming and carbon footprints and all this. No, 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 no. The Bible says that God would increase these natural disasters the closer we got to his return. And brother, we're, we're seeing it, we're living in it in this day and age. Ooh, excellent point. And Nathan, you, you touched on a very important passage, and that was Matthew chapter 24, uh, because we're going to be looking at Matthew 24, verses 29 through 31, if you will be able to uh, take us there. Uh, and then we'll jump to Revelation uh, 19, 11. And, and the reason why, Nathan, is because we're talking about, again, the rapture, the Lord comes for his church. The second coming, the Lord comes with his church. Some argue that the church is going to go through the tribulation. Well, again, if we're in the tribulation, how then can we come with the Lord? And according to scripture, right, Nathan, uh, there's many passages that reveal to us that we, the saints, are coming with the Lord. Absolutely. There, there's many passages that explain that. Uh, uh, if you're talking about Matthew 24, 29 through 31, uh, this is actually a, a passage that many people confuse the rapture and the second coming. Uh, start, let's go ahead and read it, and then I'll explain it. Uh, verse 29 reads, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Ooh, so talk to us, Nathan. What's going on here? I mean, this definitely we see a group coming with the Lord. Okay, well, if you're talking about you can see the baby's head about to pop out, then this is it. This is the very, very end of the seven-year tribulation. Jesus is just about to return you get to the last of the 21 judgments of God, the seventh bowl judgment. And this is where we see all these crazy signs in the sky. Well, we won't. We'll be on the heaven side of it. But on the earth side of it, those who survived the tribulation will see the sun basically darken. And, of course, then the moon can't shine because it's a reflective surface. The stars will be blocked out. Heavens will shake. And then the Bible prophesies that a, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the heaven and Brother, we don't know what that sign is. It's never been seen before. Maybe it'll look like a cross. <laughs> right. Angels who will stand there, like the, the angel from uh, comes out of the sun that the Bible tells us about. I mean, they're just, we don't know what it is, but it's a herald of the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back. And, and Enoch prophesied that Jesus will break from the heavens. His saints will follow him and watch him break with power and great glory to this earth. He will defeat Satan and the Antichrist, and then he will gather the people of the world together in judgment. This is where we get to verse 31, which some people misinterpret to mean that, well, hey, the rapture of the church happens at the end of the tribulation. 
look here at Matthew 24, 31. But what it's actually talking about is you have to go back to or go up to Matthew 25, where Jesus then starts explaining what happens after this return of Jesus. And that's a gathering of all the people who survived the tribulation into the valley of Jehoshaphat, where they will be judged as sheep and goats. In other words, uh, God classifies those who rejected Jesus and took the mark of the beast and followed Satan and the Antichrist. They're the goats. They are then sentenced to Hades and wait for the great white throne judgment. But those who are considered sheep, in other words, those who accepted Jesus as Savior and survived the end of the tribulation, they will be allowed to live on into the millennial kingdom and uh, repopulate the earth. They are called the sheep. So this gathering that Jesus is prophesying about in verse 31 is not the rapture of the church. It's a separate gathering where Jesus gathers all the people, the survivors together to be judged in the sheep goat judgment. Again, you have to take the Bible in its context, interpret it in its context from a literal interpretation. And in the context, Jesus is giving us the details of what's going to happen. And what follows this verse here is the sheep goat judgment. Excellent point. And Nathan, this is why we're walking slowly through this as we're talking about Enoch again from Genesis to Revelation, uh, the Alpha and the Omega. Because again, these are details that really can confuse individuals if they don't follow along and look at everything in its context. And that's why those words are very important, the coming, the with, and the coming for. And if people get those mixed up, all of a sudden they put the church in the tribulation and, and it's all a mess. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're promising 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and 5.9, Revelation 3.10, and other verses that the church is never, ever meant to endure the wrath of God. Yes, we have trials and tribulations at the hands of man and Satan in this age, but the wrath of God opens from the very first seal that Jesus opens, the beginning of the tribulation, Revelation 6, and goes all the way to Revelation 19. It is Jesus Christ's who releases the 21 judgments of God. None of that at our promise to church. Matter of fact, you read Revelation and you see that Revelation 4, the church is no more until they are shown returning with Jesus again at the end of Revelation 19. So we are not destined to have to endure the tribulation. Praise God. Excellent point. And Nathan, again, you, you made such a perfect segue for us as we jump to Revelation chapter 19, uh, verses 11 through 16. Again, for those of for those that are following us, that they can see again this group that is coming with the Lord, the clouds, the church again, and how it ties into other parts of the passage as we talk about the second coming of the Lord. So if you could take us there, Nathan, and maybe read for us uh, uh, chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. I know we're running out of time, but that will be fantastic. Oh, this is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Uh, verse 11 begins, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like the flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a rope and dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations." And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Well, I mean, that just makes me jump, Nathan. That is fantastic. You know, Nathan, one of the um, logos that we're using for our 
cca.university is exactly that logo to represent again the importance of the second coming of the lord too often people remember jesus as the meek lowly mild uh, uh savior hanging on a cross but that's not the picture in the second coming right nathan no that's that's jesus incarnate what we see is jesus glorified here jesus in his true form matter of fact revelation 1 gives the same description with eyes on fire and feet glowing like burnished bronze and crowns and white mane of hair and you know he's coming back as a warrior king he's coming back as the lion of judah and out of his mouth comes a sharp sword not literally obviously but uh, we know that's the word of god by by just speaking god defeats his enemies they, the enemies just fall apart in front of him he he holds everything together and when he speaks he can tear it apart and that's what he does and he comes back as the king of kings and lord of lords Finally, the Lord who won back, or earned back, I should say, on the on the cross, the title deed of the earth, is now coming to claim it and to send Satan and all his followers into Hades. And so, I am excited. That's a that we are going to be there. I mean, if if you want to know what your future is as a Christian, this is something that will happen in your life. You will be there. You will see not the front of Jesus. You're going to see the back of Jesus because we're going to be <laughs> following him. And we'll stop up there in the sky and we'll watch him alone. He doesn't need us. He alone defeats his enemies. So, brother, I can't wait. That is like, that's the climax of a movie. This is the climax of the Bible. And Nathan, not only that, but you know, Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, actually uh, talks to us about when he comes, how the, 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 the uh, but in the Mount Olives, it's going to be split. I mean, this is going to be a dramatic scene. Oh, when, once Jesus comes, right, the Antichrist armies will be fighting in Armageddon, and Jesus will defeat these armies in Armageddon. But some of the Antichrist forces are back in Jerusalem, and they're ravishing the city, and they're trying to kill all the Jews. And this is where Zechariah's prophecy comes in about the day of the Lord, or the return of Jesus Christ. And he says, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst, for I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move towards the north, and half of it shall move towards the south. Whew. And Nathan, and there we have the literal return of the Lord, like he promised he would. His feet are going to stand literally on the Mount of Olives, and we're going to see this happen, and it's just incredible. I can imagine that after Jesus defeated his enemies, he like leaps off that white horse he's, he's riding, whether that's a horse or an angel, we don't hold. <laughs> and then like... You know, you watch those those the Avengers movie when the Hulk lands and the earth splits. Right. You know, Jesus is going to land on the Mount of Olives. And if you've been there, you know, it's kind of like, ooh, you, you know where that's going to be. And he's going to hit that Mount of Olives. And it's literally the impact will split the mountain in two. And if we read on in Zechariah, it creates a valley that splits into Jerusalem. And the Jewish people being assaulted by the Antichrist forces can come through to safety. And that's where Jesus protects his people they recognize Jesus, and they're like, hey, he's the Messiah. And they, the Bible says he, they weep and wail and mourn because they realize that, that they had rejected him 2,000 years ago, but they accept him as Savior. 
And Jesus then finishes all the rest of the Antichrist armies off. He throws Satan into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. The Antichrist and false prophet go to hell, and the rest of those followers go to Hades. And then the Lord gathers everybody for the great uh, the sheep goat judgment. So this Ooh. kind of done a big prophetic timeline here, but it's interesting, and I'm glad you you started. It all started with Enoch's prophecy. And, and Nathan, and that is amazing when you think about it. So here's Enoch all the way in the book of Genesis and brings us to this incredible event all the way in the book of Revelation. And all this is to encourage you that are tuned into a program. Listen, Enoch trusted in God. The Bible says he walked with God. He never died. We believe that we could also be that generation like Enoch that could be alive and remain when the Lord returns. So what an encouragement for you to put your faith in Jesus. If you have not trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, listen, there is not much time. There could be another uh, Hurricane Dorian passing through, and you just never know when is the last day of, of, the, of you here on the earth. And we want to make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus so that if any tragedy were to occur, that you will be in heaven with the Lord. So, Nathan, would you be able to maybe speak to that person that's tuned in right now? that does not have a relationship with Jesus, maybe how they can start their relationship with the Lord, even right from where they are. You bring up an excellent point. The time is short. The signs of the times prove that Jesus is coming soon. You can wait. You run the risk of dying. You run the risk, even worse, of living through the tribulation and probably dying in the tribulation. Uh, but you don't have to. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Yes. He took the punishment that was due you for your rebellion against God onto himself. And all you have to do is believe that in faith and repentance. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and Savior. Repent of your sins and pray from your heart. Something like, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus promises to do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. You can stand before God pure and holy. And the wrath of God is no longer upon you. And you will inherit not only eternal life, but you'll get to, to be on the winning side of Jesus's return. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Hey, maybe you trusted in Jesus right now. We would love to hear from you. We would love for you to text us or call us at 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. We'd love to pray for you and give you some materials and a Bible so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So, Nathan, what a wonderful encouragement and what a great, um, again, a word uh, as we see clearly the coming of the Lord and we are going to be with him. So, Nathan, hey. Thank you so much for opening up those scriptures to us. Hey, thank you, brother. I, I, you pulled up. I mean, I've never considered how integral Enoch is to the story until we discussed about doing this study. And you're absolutely right. Uh, all the way back for the flood. God had this planned. Praise the Lord. And Nathan, it's neat to see. Uh, and, and that's why we encourage people to study biblical eschatology or Bible prophecy to check out the resources that you shared with them. Because, uh, uh, again, the Holy Spirit is so good in revealing to us God's truth. And that's what we're all about for you that are part of the program. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we encourage you. Uh, tune in uh, for our other programs or you can catch this program on social media and share it with your friends as we are excited as the Lord is coming back. So Nathan Jones, may the Lord bless you. Thank you so much for being part of the program. Thank you for having me on, brother. God bless to you all too. Thank you. And of course, again, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Vic and Nathan saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week.